Hello and welcome, Blue Jay fans, to another episode of Section 138, Blue Jay Podcast for Everything Blue Jays. I'm Mark Colley. As always, I'm joined by Bryson. How are you, Bryson? I'm good. How are you? Long time no record. Yeah, and uh, we've... I know you've had some troubles with your account, and a lot of people on my Instagram have been asking questions about you. Uh, do you just want to fill everyone in and what's happening? Oh, yeah, that's good to know, actually. Uh, people are actually wondering what's going on. Uh, about, it was the it was the the, uh, the series the Jays were in Houston. Uh, I mis- was mysteriously logged out of my account. I'm like, okay. It's happened to me before, right? So I log- try logging back in, and uh, my account's gone, and then kind of the kind of what the heck's going on um the i really don't even know what happened i'm the only thing i can probably assume is i was hacked um but i have been trying to get it back for the past couple months now it's not looking good at this point but um instagram hasn't been a very good uh friend either um i've been at first i was sending about you know five reports a day you know just filling out you know just filling out their whatever they have they have in their help center and you know it took a week for them to answer five reports and since then it was uh, mid-july is when they answered me for the first time and since then uh they haven't answered so at this point it's not looking good um but yeah you know whoever is out there that did follow me for the past what whatever since 2015 past four years uh thank you uh it was a great ride uh, again, not looking good at this point, but I guess, you know, never say never, but I'm continually trying to get it back. But again, not looking good at this point. At least we still got the podcast to record. And uh, today we are going to be talking about the Blue Jays' recent renaissance. They've won seven of their last 10 games. And of course, they had a five game win streak in there, which is the longest of their season. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about Bobochet because he's. I don't know, he's going crazy in the majors. He was cooled down in the minors before he came up, and then he came up and he just exploded, and he's been absolutely fantastic in the 10 games since he came up. And then lastly, or, or I guess we can talk about this first, actually, the trade deadline. Um, a lot went down, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet because um, we haven't recorded since the trade deadline, but the Blue Jays traded a lot of their principal guys. They traded um, Marcus Stroman, they p- traded Aaron Sanchez, they traded Joe B. Eugenie, they traded Daniel Hudson, they traded all these guys. Um, just overall, Bryson, what are your thoughts on the Blue Jays' tra- trade deadline? Well, uh, yeah, uh, about the deadline, um, you know, it's 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 really, really tough to say now. Um, you know, I guess it's easy for people to have an opinion now, but, you know, th- this whole the whole purpose of these trades, obviously, is building towards the future. And unfortunately, none of us, no matter if you like Ross Atkins or Mark Shapiro or not, love him or hate him, you really won't have a good sense of the deals uh, for, you know, let's say five five years max, you know, because just because of these young, young players that the uh, Blue Jays traded for. Uh, the one trade that I wasn't a fan of in particular, and I'm sure I can, you guys, or a lot of you can agree with me on this, was the Sanchez trade to Houston. Um, I just simply think they gave up too much for... Uh, a player in Derek Fisher who will be a, a, a decent player. I'm not taking anything away from that, but he's never really been a, um, you know, a top, top A-level prospect. Or even if he has, you know, he hasn't proven himself uh, in his time in the major leagues. He has um, spent some time in Houston. I think he's been in the, you know, he's had stints in the major leagues since 2017. And he actually hasn't had a small sample size. He's had a pretty good number of at-bats um, just to look uh in particular he's had 286 at bats in the majors so not a small sample size and obviously 
Uh, he hasn't really, or sorry, uh, yeah, 286 at-bats, but he hasn't really, you know, shown up to his potential compared to himself in the minor leagues. But the Blue Jays clearly uh, see something in Derek Fisher, and, you know, hopefully it turns out well. But uh, just to give up, you know, a player in Aaron Sanchez who I guess has time to, um, you know, find his groove or get back on track, you know, the the, one, the player from 16 that we all know. And uh, Joe Biagini, I guess he was included in the deal. And then another prospect, I think it was Cal Stevenson, uh, who was in there. So I just think they gave up maybe a little too much, but not a fan of that trade in particular. And then going through the other trades, I guess, again, it's going to be really tough to uh, find out for the next five years, especially in the Marcus Stroman trade, who uh, they traded him to the New York Mets, obviously, for Anthony Kay and Simeon Woods-Richardson. And it seems that the player that they are more excited about is Woods-Richardson. The only problem with him is he's 18 years old. And he is way, it is way too early to determine how he will, you know, fare if when he gets his opportunity to play in the major leagues. Uh, he's got great upside right now. He's got a great fastball. His scouting reports are very positive. But again, he's 18 years old. So lots to, um, lots of time before we can understand that. And then Anthony Kay, another one who, another player who's supposed to be a decent pitcher as well, but he's not supposed to be, you know, an ace. Uh, they're kind of, his predictions or scouting reports kind of see him as a, you know, a three, four starter at best. And again, you know, it's going to take these guys a few years to continue to develop. Maybe we'll see Kay uh, next year. I guess it's even a chance we can see him this year. But uh, with the Jays, you know, it's kind of, they've kind of established a good young core. I think we've all had a taste of that this year. Uh, you know, and Guriel, Guerrero, uh, Bichette, and, and the, the names go on. So that's a good young core they have there. But obviously the thing that they're... Uh, they, they're still in need for is pitching prospects, right? And, you know, lots of questions have been asked of, you know, why are the Blue Jays giving up these top arms if they don't have any pitching depth? And I think that's the thing that the Jays are going to need to focus on. I'm sure they will focus on is getting more pitching depth. And I think, um, you know, these trades, you know, the idea of it, I guess, is there. But again, going to the Aaron Sanchez trade, I just didn't see a purpose for that, especially with somebody who had low value at the time. And if, even if he had low value, uh, you know, he has something that Ross Atkins loves with in every player he's traded for. He has team control for another couple of years, too. So I didn't see why there was a sense to rush him or to trade him, you know, to rush him out of town. Uh, you know, he could have finished the season strong. You could have tried in the winter. You could have even even tried next year. Uh, they missed out with Ken Giles. Obviously, he got hurt. And I guess you can assume they're going to try to deal him in the winter um, or even next year again at the latest. So I think, you know... It's really, really tough to say, but some of these trades, the way they look now, some of them don't look very good. But um, again, yeah, I guess you have to trust the front office, even though none of you know a lot of people don't want to. But uh, it was a very interesting trade deadline, in my opinion. Yeah, at the very least, it was entertaining. Um, I do think that it's really important to emphasize what you were saying. We don't know how these trades will turn out until a few years down the road. We don't know how Aaron Sanchez is going to be in three years when his contract expires. We don't know how Joe Biagini is going to be, even for the rest of this season, but just for the next few years before he's a free agent in 2023. We don't know how Cal Stevenson is going to be as a player in the majors. You know, he hasn't even reached any level above... um, single A, high A, with the Blue Jays. So, um, that's a good point. We do have to wait to see how everything turns out. However, judging these trades today, I think the Aaron Sanchez and Joe Biagini trade is very underwhelming. And like you said, they said Biagini, Sanchez, and Stevenson to the Astros. And I think they sent a little bit of money along with it, too. And in return, they got Derek Fisher, and that was it. 
And for context, Derek Fisher uh, made his major league debut in 2017 at age 23. He's 25 now, um, and you know he has played 117 major league games. He has a batting average of 199 over that time span, on base percentage of 278. So obviously, the Blue Jays front office sees something in Fisher that they like, that they really like. But they got only Fisher in a trade that they were sending three guys plus a little bit of money to the Astros. It's very underwhelming, and I'd say all the other trades were at least semi-good trades, in my opinion. This trade seems like a clunker to me. Um, It is important to note that, you know, Joe Biagini and Sanchez, they are not the best players. You know, we as fans might remember who they were in, you know, 2016 and 2017 and think of what they can be. And we may be thinking of that when we think about their trade value. Um, whereas, you know, this season, B. Genie has a uh, FIP of 4.37 and, you know, Sanchez has been injured and uh, has a FIP of 4.91 with an ERA of 5.76. So, you know, looking at the numbers, these they're, they're not good this season, and to be fair, that could be part of the reason why the Blue Jays got, you know, only Derek Fisher in the trade instead of something more or, or a better prospect. Um, but still, I think, you know, they traded Aaron Sanchez. He was doing good in the few starts before his trade. He was traded, and then he instantly, in his first start, threw six no-hit innings along uh, on the way for a combined no-hitter for the Astros. So I, I definitely think the Blue Jays... Um, Shot, uh, got too little in this trade. They could have got a lot more. And um, out of all the trades they did, I'm most disappointed by this. Uh, I do think I want to comment on the Marcus Stroman trade because um, it happened a little bit earlier before the trade deadline. It happened on July 28th, so a few days before the trade deadline. Um, and it was, you know, it was an average trade. You got Anthony Kay, Simeon Woods Richardson coming back for Strowman. But I think the most interesting thing about this trade is how Strowman acted around the trade deadline. You know, we had seen his tweets and his comments about the team not reaching out for an extension, and we saw the team um, saying, or there are at least rumors being that the that the Blue Jays were looking to extend Stroman instead of trading him. We saw all these rumors, and Stroman again and again came out publicly. He said, no, I've never been contacted about an extension. No, uh, this just on and on, um, kind of, I, I guess, hurting what the Blue Jays were trying to do and driving up his trade value. And then when he was traded, we saw, um, we, we heard of a commotion in the clubhouse right after the game when he was traded, um, and... Uh, and then, you know, Stroman left the clubhouse super fast and that we, it was reported later that the, the commotion was indeed Stroman being upset about the trade. So I, I think the trade is, you know, run in the mill, but the actual drama that surrounded it was more exciting. Yeah. And the thing was, um, Marcus is he, he did say he knew it was coming, which makes it a little more interesting on his reaction. I guess the reaction would be, you know, he's not going to the Yankees, he's going to the Mets, he's going to a team that is in contention, but they're not, you know, a lock to make the playoffs. I think they're they're in the wild card race right now and they've they are they've only lost one out of their past like fifteen games or something like that. So they're they're on a huge hot streak. And I guess um, you know, Strowman was just underwhelmed. And we know his thoughts in the front office. You mentioned his tweets, everything. Uh always pretty much, you know, he the last kind of shot he fired before he was actually traded was the report where the Jays were actually interested in signing him to an extension rather than trading him. 
And then Strowman, again, you said he quickly shut that down on Twitter saying, uh, that's news to me, LOL, he said something like that. So I think um, he did ev everything in his power to make sure, you know, his side of what he believes is the truth came out. Uh, he even commented after he was traded saying, you know, something like, they're running the ship and I'm glad I'm not part of it anymore. So there was clearly a uh, huge commotion between the two. Uh, we kind of know this has gone back to the earliest. I think we've it's gone back to would be that arbitration hearing that winter a few years ago. Ever since that day, it seems Strowman's always had some sort of problem with the front office. He even tweeted it right after his displeasure, how, you know, uh, they were trashing right in his face. Obviously, they were fighting for a lower salary for him. But again, that's the arbitration process. But we know the way Marcus Strowman is. So, again, it's not to totally surprising either. He kind of threw a little bit of a fit after he was traded. Um, but between the two sides, I don't... If I had to, you know, choose between who I believed and who I didn't believe, I definitely didn't believe that the Jays came anywhere close to offering him an extension. And if they did, it probably wasn't a very good one or a reasonable one for Strowman's um, team to listen to. But I uh, know a, a very uh, heartbreaking breakup between the organization and Strowman. Obviously, we know the love he had for the city. He seemed to have... Um, you know, he seemed to want to be here forever, uh, you know, his whole career. He stated it many times, you know, he could just be saying that or he could actually mean the truth. But Stroman has kind of been one of those people who uh, tell the truth on his sleeve. He says everything uh, he's, you know, he says everything he actually believes. And um, very interesting, though, the, the other little details that were missing behind the scenes on what else happened here. But uh, definitely hard to see Stroman go again. He's one of those only few players that have really expressed interest in staying you know, spending his entire career in Toronto, but uh, at you know, at the end of the day, again, the trade wasn't surprising. The team was, the team he went to was a little bit surprising. But if the Mets are going to go for a wild card spot, I guess you have to give him kudos. But another thing was, you know, a lot of people were also questioning the return they got for uh, Stroman, and even you know, tweets from rival scouts are, you know, were coming out saying how, you know, un unpleased they were with the return they got, um, or the the return the Mets gave them, and how you know. Teams believe that they could have countered it with a better offer. And that probably would have helped the Jays out. But who knows what his market really was. It's hard to say coming from a rival scout. But uh, a lot of mixed emotions with this trade. Uh, with this trade. You know, a lot of people like Stroman. A lot of people don't like Stroman. They don't like the attitude. But again, very, very uh, confusing with the different sides. But again, you can see why a trade was made. Definitely. And um, just to add to the confusion and the... the the interesting things about this trade after it happened in the drama, it was reported after it happened that the Mets were actually trying or are ready to trade Stroman to the Yankees and flip him right away to the Yankees in exchange for two other players. Um, and the Yankees said no to that trade, but it just goes to show, you know, like Stroman seemed ready and really excited about going to a contender in the Yankees because that's, you know, for the longest time, that was the team that was leading um, the conversation to acquire Stroman, and then he was acquired by the Mets, and you know he had his meltdown or whatever in the the clubhouse, and then the Mets were so close to trading him again to the Yankees, and I don't know, it's just an absurd amount of circumstance that went into this trade, and I think um, in the end, I think the Blue Jays did a good job with this trade, and they got you know they they got what they got, and Stroman. Like you said, these players, Stroman, Sanchez, Biagini, it's a little bit weird that the Blue Jays were so eager to trade them this year when they could hold on to them for a few more years and get a better deal down the road. But, um, again, I'm happy with the Stroman trade, Sanchez trade. 
Not too much. Um, another interesting facet of this trade deadline is how it has brought about kind of a new era of Blue Jays baseball. It's really now it is all about the youngins. We got Bo Bichette called up. We got all these um, guys. We got, you know, just the other day we had Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Lourdes Goriel Jr., and Kevin Biggio hitting one, two, three, four in the lineup, which was a first time. And then, you know, they've all been heating up at the same time. So um, that has led to a kind of renaissance for the Blue Jays right now. They've won seven of their last ten games. They won on a season-high five-game winning streak, um, and it has in part been powered by Bo Bichette, who has a ten-game hitting streak since the first day he came up. He's um, had had eight consecutive games with a double. Um, he has really blown away all expectations. And you think about, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., when he came up, you know, he he met expectations, but he disappointed a lot of people. But Bo Bichette is blowing everyone out of the water right now in how he has been performing. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, you know what? Uh, he's simply a stud. And he's going to be, you know, one of the, obviously he's going to be one of the best players um, for the team you know, for the future. He's one of the future pieces. And like I said, the thing the Jays have right now in their rebuild, uh, you know, who knows how much more, how, how much longer it's going to take. But the one thing they do have is they have their core of players in the the, um, the lineup. Again, you got Vlad, you got Bo, you know, you got Gurriel and so on and so on. You have your young pieces, Biggio, and um, it's good to see. And again, all these players are hitting at the same time. And the most observed thing either uh, that happened was they actually won a series at the Trop. And we know... You know that how uh, the trop has been for the Jays, um, you know, throughout their time. You know, it's not; it hasn't been a pleasant place for them to play. And that's you know, and with the Rays being a very good team this year, in contention for a wild card or even maybe the division, still, uh, it's quite you know, definitely weird to see that the Jays actually won a series there. First time in a few years it's happened. But all these players are heating up at once. As much as Vlad's disappointed a lot of people since he was called up, you know, since the All Star break, he's on a tear. Uh, you know, he's got his batting average up. He's got everything up. His OPS is, you know, I think around 800 now, maybe even above it a little bit. And he's continuing to hit home runs and getting RBIs. And Bo has just been on fire. You know, he's already bro- broken records throughout his first 10 games. Um, he's hitting a bunch of doubles. It's great to see. And it seems that the Jays have finally found their leadoff hitter. And it's going to be Bo Bichette. And he's, uh, you know, quite frankly, a stud. Uh, you know, he, he made one error in um, the game a few days ago, but I think other than that, he's been a pretty good fielder as well. So he's got a lot of promise and, you know, a lot of things, it'll be a good one-two punch with him and uh, Vlad. And again, you got other players around him like Gurriel and Biggio who continue to develop. And, you know, the one thing we know is Bo won't be hitting like this, obviously, for the rest of the season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he gets himself or how he plays, you know, when he eventually slumps. Uh, we've kind of seen that through Vlad now, and Vlad's starting to heat up. So I guess, you know, the one thing that it's taken, you know, their recent play has definitely taken some pressure off the front office, I think. I think there'd be more pressure towards them if none of them were hitting and the team would continually uh, struggle. But again, the Jays are hot over their past 10 games, and now they come home, and then now they get to showcase Bo and their new pretty much core of young players against uh, the Yankees this weekend and uh, going into next week with... Texas, so their next, you know, their next uh, homestand, they have a pretty big homestand coming up for the past or in the upcoming weeks. So it'll be good to showcase, um, you know, especially Bo to give fans, you know, a good first look at him. And I think the, you know, the future does look bright as as well as you're seeing the, fr- you know, the core of the lineup. And I think, you know, obviously pitching depth is an area in need still, but it's great to see these young uh, players right now 
playing the way they are. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that it sure has made it a lot easier on the Blue Jays' front office after trading all these people that, you know, they have this young core who's already there, who's already um, meeting and exceeding expectations. It makes it a lot easier to watch this team when you already have the the next generation of the team ready to contribute. Just talking about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. heating up, heating up as time goes on. Um, in May, he hit 253. In June, he hit 255. In July, he hit 284. And in August, so far in six games, he's hitting 423. So that just gives you a, a little measure of how he has heated up over time and how he's grown more acclimated to the majors and more comfortable and over time has done a lot better. And his home runs uh, have generally increased. He hit six in May, um, but then they've dropped down, but now he's hitting two to three a month, which is obviously a little bit underwhelming, especially after we saw what he could do in the home run derby. But again, it's not all about home runs. And he's been walking a lot. And uh, in, in July, he only struck out 16 times and he walked 12 times, which is really encouraging um, to see him almost striking out as many times as he walks. Um, so again, all these guys are heating up, and it's making it a lot easier on the Blue Jay front office to justify making these trades. Um, now, I'm interested in these trades. When they happen, it seems like it, it's just a completely new team. And in part, it is. But you still have some guys like Justin Smoke. He's stuck around. You have guys like you mentioned, Ken Giles, who they couldn't trade because he was injured. You have all these guys who have stuck around, but it still feels with the weight gone uh, from, you know, someone like uh, Marcus Stroman or Aaron Sanchez. With the weight gone from these big guys, it really seems like the Blue Jays have become an entire new team. Yeah, it's definitely um, interesting to see, um, you know, this. I guess it does feel like a new team, and it gives you a reason to watch compared to the past couple years and even earlier this year. You know, Justin Smoke's now the only remaining player from the 2015 and 2016 playoff run, so I guess that's another thing to look at. And who knows if he'll be back next year. So that could be even another uh, new position for the taking on the team. And as well as, you know, Ken Giles, like I said, uh, there's a chance he's traded in the winter. And then there's also a chance he can start the year with the Jays and be traded around the trade deadline. So other than that, it's going to be a completely new team. And again, this new young core they have, it looks, the future looks incredibly bright the way they're hitting. And, um, you know, hopefully within the next couple of years, the Jays can start trending back upwards. Uh, so I guess it gives even more, you know, of a purpose to watch, obviously, and they can start selling more tickets, which is, um, you know, even better. And as well as having, you know, their new core up, especially with Bichette up, it, they kind of seem to have their core complete. And they, you know, now they're going to be developing at the major league level. They still have a, you know, um, they're still going to be learning a lot of lessons over the past, the next few years, whether they're going to be lighting it up or slumping. And uh, I guess you could say it is a new team. It does feel like a new team. Um, I completely understand uh, your point or your perspective from that. And, um, you know, just you got, you got to hope this rebuild um, doesn't take, you know, too much longer. And hopefully there's only a few years left. You can definitely see the light at the end of the tunnel because these players, like you said, they used to be developing in the minor leagues, but now the team is developing at the majors. And you can see all these players and all the investments that the Blue Jays have made in the minors are starting to pay off in the majors. And um, I'm really excited. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but that's pretty much it for today. Thank you to everyone who listened. Um, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review online or tell a friend about our podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>